It is December 4th, and you are listening to Episode 7 of Fight Me. And I am Anthony Thedero, your host. And I'm not sure for how much longer I'm going to actually be counting the episodes of this show, but as long as it's a number that I can comfortably count, I'll keep doing it. Uh, At the top of each show, I have to rack my brain for how long I've been doing this. Uh, but, uh, hopefully we've got quite a few more and not like most podcasts. This is just going to last about 15 episodes. Uh, I sure have a lot to talk about this week though. There's a dizzying weekend in mixed martial arts and combat sports in general. Uh, usually you see a lot of, uh, talk amongst mixed martial arts fans when there's a big boxing event, uh, just the, the chatter, on common sections and all that stuff is um, usually, if not negative, just dismissive. Uh, people like to act like their sport is the best sport, like they're not paying attention attention to boxing. I'm a fan of all combat sports, obviously, mixed martial arts being my most favorite. But if you were able to watch Tyson Fury uh, versus Deontay Wilder and you were not entertained then uh, you you don't enjoy anything. You definitely don't enjoy combat sports. It was uh, the example, the shining example of everything that people watch combat sports for. It was the most intense, however many rounds. I'm a little ignorant. What is it, like is it 12 rounds in a boxing match? Something like that. However many rounds it was, it was the most exhilarating ad that I've ever seen. At least the most exciting heavyweight uh, boxing match in decades. And I know that doesn't say too much because uh, heavyweights have been pretty boring for a while because the the division has been held up by the Klitschko brothers. But, uh, you know, things things are obviously changing. Tyson Fury showed the world who he is. Uh, Deontay Wilder... The world already knew who he was, and he reaffirmed that. He's a guy with heavy hands, and that's pretty much it. Heavy hands, granite chin, uh, pretty good boxing, but without a doubt, Tyson Fury boxed him in that fight. Uh, Pretty amazing, and, you know, just really the height of what what boxing is about. And if that didn't win you over to boxing, at least make you want to watch the rematch, then I don't know what will. But we... Also had a pretty awesome weekend on our own, right? Um, I don't know if maybe if there was a big pay-per-view or a title fight happening, if we would be, as mixed martial arts fans, paying as much attention to uh, to the Fury-Wilder fight. It was without a doubt the highest profile thing happening in sports in the weekend. But we did have... Um, the UFC Fight Night 142, I believe it was. Um, yeah, Tuivasa. Um, <laughs> uh, Tuivasa versus Dos Santos. Uh, pretty awesome bout. Um, we'll get a little more into that later. We also had the Ultimate Fighter finale. Uh, Ultimate Fighter 28, season 28 finale. Uh, speaking of being able to keep up with numbers, I have no idea how I know which Ultimate Fighter we're on. I haven't been paying attention. I don't think I've been paying attention since like 
the fourth episode of that show. I jumped off the bandwagon real quick. I know a lot of people made it a little further than I did, but I also know probably nobody's watching it now. Uh, I think they're taking it over to um, uh, to Fight Pass. I'm not exactly sure what's happening with that, but uh, I don't know why they're still doing it, especially when they have Dana White's Contender Series. And Dana White's Contender Series producing uh, more entertaining and interesting fights on that Ultimate Fighter finale card than the Ultimate Fighter itself did. Uh, I uh, honestly didn't know either of the um, either of the people competing uh, near the end of the car card, uh, Macy Chiasan or uh, Juan Espino. Uh, peripherally familiar with them, uh, both awesome fights though. Uh, Macy Chiasan or Chiasan is um, you know definitely going to be someone to look out for in the featherweight division. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what shakes out, uh, with Nunez versus Cyborg, but definitely need more, uh, need more stars there. I don't really know how, what she has in the way of star power, but the lady can definitely fight. Uh, and then the heavyweight match, uh, Juan Espino, uh, you know, awesome, awesome victory, a straight arm lock against, uh, Justin Frazier, but, the real story of the whole thing uh, being Kamara Usman's performance over Rafael Tosanos. In my opinion, uh, probably the most noteworthy performance of the whole weekend as far as, um, as far as what it means for the sport. Uh, I I really think Kamara Usman should have been challenging for that belt a while ago. He's definitely been the guy uh, to challenge for the belt, been the guy who stands the most chance against Tyron Woodley. I really thought he needed to hand in a more dominance performance, dominant performance to really um, to really make his mark and uh, sort of silence the naysayers, people saying that he's boring. Uh, I mean, it was a super dominant performance, but I mean like a finish or something like that. Uh, but nonetheless, I think this was even more impressive than a finish. Uh, just outclassing a uh, super high-level fighter in Rafael de Sanos, former champion. Uh, pretty impressive. Just beating the brakes off of him from beginning to end. Uh, I don't know how Colby Covington is the one who's challenging for the belt soon, but uh, I think the world just wants to see him get his ass beat. So hopefully that happens and Kamaru Usman can... Uh, can move along and uh, face Tyron Woodley. Unless, of course, I'm entirely wrong and Colby Covington ends up beating Tyron Woodley, becoming the champion, in which case I would still love to see Kamara Usman beat the brakes off of him because, uh, but, you know, if, if, uh, if Covington can't beat Woodley, he has no chance against, Us- against Usman. Uh, but super important. Important victory for him, definitely setting him up for that um, that title shot. Uh, Dana White uh, actually giving some glowing praise of Kamara Usman after the fight. Probably the only positive thing he's said about him in his career, uh, which has been very weird because this is the guy you have to get behind, especially if you are Dana White and you don't really have the best relationship with Tyron Woodley. 
you're wanting somebody else to take his uh, take his place. Although I I think Kamara Usman is probably going to present Dana White with all of the same problems Tyron Woodley has as far as uh, you know being headstrong and uh, his own person, and you know not necessarily worrying about the product that uh, the UFC and Dana White wants to sell. Just being his own person, I I do see them. Uh, as pretty similar guys as far as character goes. Uh, but either way, uh, pr- super impressive uh, win for Kamaru Usman on Friday night. And then on Saturday night, UFC Fight Night 142 uh, in Australia at Adelaide Arena. Uh, cool card. Like uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, not, you know... Not really a uh, not really a huge um, not really a huge roster as far as big names. Uh, still super um, super well put together card. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot. I wanted to uh, discuss some of the other uh, bouts in the Ultimate Fighter finale. Some of my more uh, my favorite ones. So I was talking about some of the. Uh, Dana White's contender series uh, uh, veterans or people who came off of uh, that show. Uh, Roosevelt, um, Roosevelt Roberts looking awesome. Uh, I've been high on that guy ever since he um, was on Dana White's contender series uh, from his style uh, to his story, to his manner on the microphone just really embodying um, embodying mixed martial arts and really the kind of thing I like to see uh, coming into mixed martial arts right now when we have this whole, you know, Conor McGregor fronted bad guy MMA trend where everybody wants to get on the mic and uh, see who they can talk shit on uh, or a la Colby Covington seeing uh, what they can Rally up to get uh, to get people paying attention to them, so that they can get the fights they want, so they can move on, rather than just beating every guy in their in their place, keeping their head down, doing their job like used to be the um, as used to be the trend in the UFC. And Roosevelt Roberts, I see, is really being a guy who can bring that back. Uh, really impressive victory over a uh, wily UFC veteran. Uh, uh, Wiley UFC veteran and uh, Daryl Horcher. Uh, you know Daryl Horcher from being beat by a handful of uh, hopeful up-and-comers in the UFC. Nonetheless, uh, super um, super impressive to be able to finish that guy in the first round via guillotine choke. And what I like about uh, Roosevelt Roberts, what I liked about him the first time I saw him fight in Dana White's Contender Series, what I uh, liked about him when I saw him fight on Friday is he brings a complete MMA assault, uh, you know, making the guy uncomfortable on the feet, pressuring, uh, throwing a nice array of strikes, using all the attributes that he has, his height, all that, bringing it all together, uh, wearing the guy out, taking him down, submitting him. Uh, it's his second time doing that. And that is how an MMA fight is fought. And uh, he did it super impressively. And a guy who has said, at least, that he wants to commit his life to 
inspiring people and showing people that they can pull themselves out of a bad situation. And, uh, you know, that being a sentiment that was also echoed, echoed in the uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight, uh, just super impressive, um, to be able to spread your message like that through what you do. Uh, and with the emphasis being put on mental health and, uh, all that in the Tyson Fury fight, it's nice to see on the other end of combat sport, the combat sports world, a guy like, uh, Roosevelt Roberts also coming forward with that message. So really nice to see, uh, some other good victories on that, uh, that card, Tim Means uh, knocking out uh, Ricky Reigns. Uh, nice to see Joseph Benavides in the win column uh, looking super good against Alex Perez. Uh, TKO, uh, a TKO victory in that one. So that was a lot of fun as well. Uh, and then finally, like moving on to Saturday night uh, at Adelaide Arena. Uh, the super fun card. Uh, it was UFC doing a lot of things that I've been hoping that they would sort of slide into for a while now. I mean, this was an important card to kind of show or showcase Australian mixed martial arts, even though the local boys did not have a very good night of it. Uh, pretty much every Australian fighter taking a loss in that one. Um, of course, I think uh, Jim Crute won his fight, but uh, all across the board, some some pretty disappointing um, disappointing fights for the uh, Australian guys, but still great fights all across the board, but awesome entrances um, all around from the Australian fighters, uh, you know, highlighting uh, Australian culture, Kiwi culture. Uh, really fun. Yeah, I'd like to see more of that. And we have all these big characters in the UFC. Uh, you know, I'm surprised they even like Cowboy wear his hat still. Everybody's been homogenized. Everybody's been, uh, we're in the Reebok era, kind of stripping away all these personalities, and uh, which is just so ridiculous. You look at boxing and all the things they've done right. And I know people hate it when we compare uh, mixed martial arts to pro wrestling, but you'll look at what they are doing right. And they're, you know, capitalizing these personalities. And that's what people want to see. Yeah, you know, people love Habib and his hat. Um, well, you can tell Habib can't wear his hat anymore because it doesn't have a Reebok symbol on it. That's insane. And uh, I, I think they actually uh, did let Arjun Buller walk out in a turban for his last fight, which is awesome. I'd love to see more of that. But I'd love to see more of those, like, big showy entrances uh, like we saw with uh, Tai Tuivasa, like we saw with Tyson Pedro. A lot of fun there. Um, before we get to the final three fights in that one, who else did we have? Um, really fun fight between Tony Martin and Jake Matthews, a submission of the first round by Tony Martin. Uh, I've heard a lot of, uh, a lot of negative talk about this Justin Wilson, Mark Hunt fight. I love Justin Wilson, super interesting story behind that guy. If you don't know about him, uh, check it out. I, I can't really go into too much of it because I don't know hundred percent what I'm talking about, but, uh, went through the foster program. Um, it was a really traumatic past, uh, and, um, he's a super intelligent guy in interviews and, uh, really shows that heart of a martial artist. Uh, at least he, uh, he did at the end of the fight when, you know, he bowed to the audience and, 
Uh, congratulated Mark Hunt on a great fight. Really, I mean, I guess it doesn't take too much balls to be like that after you've won. But let's see what he's like when he starts losing. Uh, either way, I thought that was a really fun back and forth. I mean, Mark Hunt never puts on a boring fight. I think people are a little spoiled when it comes to Mark Hunt because this was uh, about as boring as it gets. It was a five-round banger, but uh, a lot of fun, a lot of back and forth in that one. Uh, but that was the one fight out of the three that uh, actually did pass the torch on to the young guy because Mark Hunt, uh, being the old dog of the three of the Australian fights on that card. And uh, also, I just want to do a little side note. If you hear some snoring in the background, it's because I'm a dog trainer and I've got a uh, 70-pound boxer sleeping behind me. I'm training him right now. Uh, And it's kind of cold in the crate right now, so he's sleeping in my office as I'm recording the podcast. Uh, And I thought, it uh, what better dog to debut on my podcast than a boxer? So if you hear any snoring, that is Bailey the Boxer. Uh, Moving on to Tyson Pedro, uh, Mauricio Hua, uh, Shogun. I don't know why I said his whole name, not just Shogun, because I'm reading it off of this card right now, I guess. But uh, that was awesome. I mean, Tyson Fury, not Tyson Fury, Tyson Pedro. Too many Tysons this weekend in mixed martial arts. Uh, Tyson Pedro really looking great early on. Um, really in his uh, in his mode, um, you know, taking it to Mauricio. Um, I was really worried that this was going to be another one of those uh, young guy uh, builds his career off of uh, Shogun's back. Uh, like we just saw with um, with Anthony Smith not too long ago, uh, you know, pretty sad to see a hero of mine uh, get wasted like that. And I was afraid that that is what was going to happen in this one, but uh, man, Mauricio just really showing. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that this fight was vintage Shogun. I don't think that's necessarily true. Not necessarily vintage Shogun because I, I think that guy's gone. Uh, he's not going to be that lean, muscular, uh, physical brawler that he used to be, that sort of technical brawling style. Um, you know, not really uh, showing that shoot box uh, mentality anymore, but um, more so, or that, was he Brazilian top team? I think, I think he's shoot box. Uh, but yeah, uh, not really showing that old um, pride style. Uh, you know, he's one of the last... Uh, Last of the Mohicans from from those days. I mean, obviously, there's Mark Hunt, too. Uh, not just from Pride, but from kickboxing in Japan and all that. But uh, Mauricio Shogun, Shogun Hua being one of the last uh, relevant fighters from those days who's, you know, showed off of uh, this Tyson Pedro fight that he's still got it. He's still there. Not necessarily vintage Hua, but uh, showing that Shogun has adapted. Um you know, much in the way of uh, the victory that we just saw um, from uh, uh, the victory that we just saw from Overeem uh, last weekend, uh, showing that, that a fighter like that can reinvent themselves. You know, he can lose, and then he can figure out uh, he can figure out ways to um, sort of adapt his style, use his 
veteran status to, you know, really understand how to play the game and to beat a guy who is, you know, undoubtedly in better physical shape, younger, faster, stronger. Uh, and Tyson Pedro definitely has all those uh, aspects. And I don't think that this is any sort of uh, bump to, uh, you know, I don't think Tyson Pedro is taking any hit to his stock. I think he's still, uh, still going to be pretty, a pretty useful um, or valuable asset to the UFC. Uh, he's got a lot of time to grow. And I'd like to see what he does next. I'd like to see what he learns from this one. I'd like to see him maybe come in with a little more of a game plan and stick to it. Um, his sort of improvisational style where he just gets, you know, in the zone and does what he feels needs to be done in the moment. And he can probably be a little more methodical about it. So I'd like to see that. And that's definitely the kind of approach you need to have against a guy like Shogun. Uh and then, you know, much in the same vein as that fight, we see yet again the old dog and Dos Santos um, beating the young guy, Tai Tuivasa. Once again, just like with uh, Pedro, I don't think this really does anything for uh, Tai Tuivasa's credibility. He was coming off a pretty good run um, after this one. Um, or before this one, uh, I don't think this victory is really going to set him back too much. Um, but it really proves that uh, Junior Dos Santos is definitely not out. Uh, definitely still a guy that uh, you have to worry about at heavyweight, especially with the division being so thin. Uh, Junior Dos Santos is definitely still a very important part of the heavyweight division and could always be a threat to anybody, at the very least um, being a guy who can be a gatekeeper for a while. I'd like to see who he fights next. I'd like to see him against Justin Willis. I, you know, this them being on the same fight really puts them on a collision course for each other. I think Justin Willis beating Mark Hunt really proves that he uh, he deserves a fight like that. So I'd like to see it. I don't really know who else there is for uh, for Dos Santos. Um, Right now, we'll have to see uh, what happens with the heavyweight division uh, after uh, DC decides to do whatever he's going to do. But nonetheless, super awesome, uh, super awesome uh, title, or not title fight, but super awesome headlining uh, fight for that card. Uh, really fun fight. Um, not necessarily the home run for. The Australian guys, I know this was their moment to showcase uh, what they could do, but I think all those guys are still uh, still have a lot left in the tank, uh, except for Mark Hunt. Uh, not that he doesn't have more left in the tank, but he doesn't have any more fights left in the UFC. I think no one is happier about that than Mark Hunt. I just heard an interview with him on uh, Ariel Helwani's podcast earlier today. Dude sounded glowing uh, for a guy who is seemingly without work right now, uh, super excited and pumped about the future. And it was nice to hear that, um, especially because, you know, he's been in, uh, he's been tied up in legal battles with the UFC for a while now and been super cynical. Um, honestly sounded kind of depressed every time I heard from him. Uh, you know, he's a guy who has 
also talked about suffering from depression and uh, you know drug addiction and not always necessarily known to be the guy who makes the best uh, life decisions as far as his health and eating habits, the KFC King, Mark Hunt. Um, but uh, really sounded like a weight was taken off of his shoulders. And, uh, you know, you put him in an organization like Bellator, which I would not be surprised if he, uh, if he took that jump. You know, that's a place where – not talking shit on Czech Congo, but that's a place where a guy like Czech Congo is uh, a serious threat for the title at heavyweight. Uh, if Czech Congo can do it in Bellator, Mark Hunt can certainly do it. I, I see him being um, being a serious uh, serious threat to whoever becomes the heavyweight champ over there. Um, I don't know if he's actually ever fought Fedor now that I think about it. I'll have to look that one up real quick. Um, he may have, and I'm just letting all of you down at home and you're screaming at your laptops or iPhones or whatever it may be. Uh, I'm going to look that up right now. Or maybe I should say I'm going to put my intern on it. Uh, I'd just like for you guys to imagine a boxer uh, dog on a laptop searching this up right now. My... Uh, <laughs> My intern over there, Bailey the Boxer. Uh, no, I'm just going to look it up on my iPhone. But uh, that that may have happened at some point. But if not, that would be awesome to see a nice um, sort of throwback to the pride days. Or, you know, really anybody in the heavyweight division over at Bellator. Or even if Mark Hunt wanted to go back. I mean, this is we're in a time now where uh, you can actually – free agency doesn't just mean Bellator. There's a handful of options. I, I doubt he's going to go to a uh, to a place like PFL or something like that and fight for a potential million dollars. Um, but you know, he could definitely do very well in Bellator. He could go to One um, FC. I know Japan would love to have him back. Yes, by the way, obviously Fedor Emelianenko has fought Mark Hunt, and I knew that all along. Uh, why wouldn't I know that? It totally happened. <laughs> oh, you guys were probably pretty mad at me. Uh, but yeah, so that happened. Already, but you know, uh, I'm sure it can happen again. Uh, but yeah, the Marcon could go to, uh, to one, there's a bunch of different things he can do. Uh, he'd probably make more money over there than he would in the UFC and he definitely, uh, wouldn't have to, uh, worry about, uh, a lot of the things that he has to worry about in, uh, in the UFC as far as, you know, favor being given to those who talk shit, you know, uh, a lot of people are going over to one FC right now. Uh, a lot of fighters like him who embrace, uh, the, uh, attitude of a martial artist and who just want to put their head down and do their job and do it well. Uh, that brings me to another, uh, point of discussion, Sage Northcutt, uh, 
just signed with 1FC. Super interesting thing. I think the UFC is trying to spin it like they let uh, Sage Northcutt go because he was a problem or something like that. Uh, let's face it, they just didn't want to pay him what uh, what one was going to pay him. I think they made the UFC made the mistake of uh, really like right off the bat uh, paying Sage Northcutt too much, uh, and then you know basically setting him up for failure because they were uh, putting a lot in front of him, and then uh, it's a lot of. Uh, a lot of pressure for a guy who is as who is was as young as he was when he started. Um, you know, it took him a little bit to develop, and now he's on a three fight win streak, and the UFC is just giving him up. As really, um, really confusing move on the UFC's part. If they were going to stay behind Sage all this time throughout his development, um, you know, pump this money into him at the beginning. Uh, really uh, build him up, uh, build the fan base for him, give him tons of experience against the best of the best. Uh, turn him into a guy who has, um, who now has a good fight camp uh, under the wing of Uriah Faber, and you know, there's really nobody better to uh, mentor a young guy like him than Uriah Faber, and has really turned him into to something awesome and really, uh, really built his uh, style. Um, you know, uh, b- built his style into a little something new. He doesn't just depend on that uh, that karate base, but now he has other skills that he needs. And now that he has all that, he's going somewhere else because they wanted to pay his bill. Uh, and I think that's awesome. I mean, like, there's to being a being a young guy like him who's built his own fan base on social media and all that now. Uh, to be able to kind of play the free market and uh, and now go over to Asia and put on some impressive fights when we're in an era right now where that is what's happening uh, over and over again uh, is you know one uh, FC is starting to take or one championship I think they dropped the F so one C I guess uh, is you know taking all all the big names from. Uh, U.S. mixed martial arts that they can, you know, with that uh, Askren uh, trade, and then now they have um, Eddie Alvarez, uh, a few other signings of note recently. That they have uh, Mighty Mouse now, so they're really building a roster over there. And uh, there's talk of a uh, United States TV deal with One uh, FC, so that's definitely. Um, that's de- that's definitely something. I don't know if it's something for the UFC to fear. I definitely don't think they do. I think they kind of see it as, you know, they'll let Sage Northcutt build himself into a star overseas, and then once he's really worth what they've been paying, and then they'll then they'll take him back. But who knows if that's how it's going to work out? Because we really have to see what happens with this obvious. Um, this obvious assault that one uh, FC is sort of planning on the on the MMA market now, uh, especially with that uh, the talks of the uh, US TV deal. That's a big thing, uh, and I don't know if you've taken time to check out any of the uh, the one championship 
fights, but if you just want to download the um, the app, you can get any of those for free, which, you know, they're doing what a lot of the uh, companies in our great uh, capitalist society have done, like Uber and, uh, and Lyft and uh, a lot of those other tech companies is just give you something at an insanely cheap rate or free for a little while. And then all of a sudden start charging for it, which I think is what they will, uh, they will start doing once that, uh, that deal kind of takes over in the U S that probably that there's no way that app is going to be free for forever. So, uh, enjoy it now. Uh, but speaking of, um, apps and different ways to watch, uh, to watch martial arts, I was a little uh, skeptical of DAZN, mostly because of their like '90s hip hop spelling D A Z N. Uh, I'm not really a big uh, soccer fan, so I'm sure that that is like a huge extra incentive for people. Um, also, if you're into cricket, I guess you could watch that app. But uh, with you know with the uh, Canelo deal that they've struck, you know, uh, plenty of other boxing on there. Uh, KSW is now now has their events uh, on the DAZN uh, app, and of course all the Bellator fights. So I mean, it's it's really turned into a um, it's gone from a joke to like a real reputable way to watch sports. So I recommend doing that. Uh, what else has happened? Oh yeah, Austin Vanderford uh, being signed to uh, to Bellator. UFC decided not to sign him. I don't know if that was like a we don't want coworkers banging each other type thing. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Austin Vanderford, aka Mister Van Zant, uh, Paige Van Zant's uh, husband. I don't know what the UFC was thinking letting that guy go either. I mean that that's a that's totally uh, the kind of thing he could build into a persona. Just he seems to have fully embraced the uh, the Mister Van Zant thing, and I, I think he planned. Even though he seems like the nicest guy you've ever talked to in conver- like in interviews and stuff, he seemed like he could really play that up to just drum the haters up. And uh, I heard him in an interview earlier today saying that he is. Um, been taken under the wing of Chael P. Sonnen. Uh, so if he really is going to try to turn heel, there's no better dude to talk to than that guy. So then, you know, that's a really interesting signing for, uh, for them over at Bellator. Um, he had a super impressive win in his, uh, his appearance on Dana White's contender series. Uh, which is really interesting that he didn't. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy he defeated right now, but it was a, a Team Alpha Male guy. It was their um, their wrestling coach over at Team Alpha Male, and I feel like if that guy would have won, uh, they were sort of pumping him up. And I felt like if he would have won, he probably would have gotten the contract. I would have assumed Austin Vanderford would have. I don't know if the UFC is uh, kicking themselves now for not signing him. I'm sure they're not. I'm sure once he develops into uh, something worth uh, acquiring, the UFC will start knocking at his door. But I really think he should play up that Mr. Van Zandt thing. Just uh, print a picture of her on the like ass of his shorts or something. That's that's really gonna really gonna piss off all the neck beards at home uh, tweeting from their mom's basement talking shit on him. Uh, 
but yeah, uh, that was a that was a cool signing. Um, other than that, you know, I uh, can't really think of too much else that happened this past weekend. We have some uh, some good events coming up in the UFC. Um, a few fights coming up soon. Let's see what is next. If you will just wait for me to take a sip of water, please. Oh, yeah, we've got uh, Holloway versus Ortega uh, coming up next week, UFC 231. So that'll be a really fun one. Um, also, uh, Shevchenko uh, versus Jakczyk. I mean, that's – can't really ask for uh, – a more entertaining top of the card with that one. A little bit of a heavy, uh, a top heavy uh, fight uh, or card. Uh, Jimmy Manoa versus Tiago Santos. That one's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Alex Oliveira versus Gunnar Nelson. Okay, you know what? I take it back. This isn't this isn't a top heavy card at all because then you have Hakeem uh, Duwadu versus Kyle Bakniak. Um, I don't know if you saw Bakniak, uh, uh, Bakniak's last fight, but uh, just the heart of a warrior on that dude. So uh, seeing him up against uh, a little more manageable of an opponent this time will be fun. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to be a really fun card. Um, in Toronto, Canada, they love Max Holloway and uh, – in Canada, so that'll be a good one. I uh, I don't like to make predictions on my show, but I I really don't think you could say, uh, you know, I, I always back Holloway. I, he's been one of my favorite fighters for a long time now, really has the heart of a martial artist, but I also can't, uh, can't root against Ortega because the dude seems awesome. This is going to be like nice guy versus nice guy. You know, Holloway is just the cool, laid-back uh, Hawaiian, um, you know, really showcasing that Hawaiian fighting spirit. Uh, and then or- Brian Ortega, like, does community outreach to endanger youth and, uh, you know, just really uh, encapsulates everything I like in a martial artist. And then you have um, one of my favorite female fighters, Yona Jekcek. Uh, and, you know, any... Anyone who can make her an underdog uh, definitely has to be an imposing fighter. Um, and uh, Valentina Shevchenko is that for sure. I believe uh, Joanna is um, 0 for 3 in kickboxing against uh, Shevchenko, which... I don't really feel like that's being talked about enough, even though, you know, Jack Jack is the underdog. Like I don't really see where she can win this fight, uh, being that she's already been beat in pure standup by, uh, Shevchenko three times. Shevchenko being undoubtedly the, um, more experienced grappler, at least, uh, goes to grappling more in her fights. And uh, just the bigger, stronger. I mean, I'm looking at this poster of them. And even just in the poster, Valentina looks like she's in a completely different weight class. And that's kind of because she is. Um, I really think uh, 
Jake check is too, uh, too light for 125, but we'll see. Uh, regardless, that's going to be a super fun one. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, and I got a, let's see, I'll go down the line. Uh, the Jimmy Manoa, Tiago Santos fight. Let's see what the odds are on that one. I'm not seeing the odds pop up right now, so I won't make you wait while I listen. But uh, that's going to be a fun one. going to be a slugfest for sure. Uh, yeah, and then you got Oxel Oliveira versus Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson's looking great right now. Um, it's been a, he's been on a little bit of a layoff. Uh, it's been a while since he's fought. But physically, the dude looks like he's really recommitted himself. Uh, looks like he's in the best shape of his life. So that'll be a fun one against a difficult opponent in Alex Oliveira. I don't really know too much about uh, Hakeem Duwadu other than the fact that he's physically imposing as hell. Uh, Just super ripped for 145. Must be a giant 145. And then then you've got Kyle Bakniak. Uh, I just can't get the image of uh, him... Waving his uh, waving his tongue from side to side with his face covered in blood in uh, in Brooklyn uh, against uh, Magomed Sharipov. Uh, I don't really feel like we got to see all that we could see from him. We got to see his heart, but we didn't really get to see his skill showcase because uh, really it's pretty impossible to showcase everything that you've uh, that you got to show for yourself and your skill set. Uh, against Magomed Sharapov. Nobody has been able to do it so far. Uh, So looking forward to that. Uh, I know all of you will be looking forward to me talking about it at length. Uh, So please uh, check out our next podcast. Uh, So now we're getting to the end. Uh, I know you have all come to uh, know and love our IDGAF segment. And that's where I raise my Fight Me Point of the Week which is where I make a statement on one of my hard opinions in the mixed martial arts world, and I invite you at home to fight me about it. Get on uh, Twitter, at FightMeMMA. Uh, same thing on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, or, I'm sorry, MMA fight me, not fight me MMA. Um, on any of those, and feel free to argue against my point. Uh, and as always, uh, or as in our last, I think, two segments now i'm going to be uh talking to someone who does not give a fuck about mixed martial arts and try to convince them of my uh, to agree with my point in the world of a sport that they don't care about and oftentimes they don't even know what i'm talking about and also oftentimes it's my girlfriend mallory denae and it is also again tonight because I haven't gotten a new guest yet, but I swear next week I'll, I'll get one. I have friends, people. So uh, stay tuned to our next segment, IDGAF. Okay, welcome to the third installment now of IDGAF on uh, Fight Me. Um this week we're trying a little something new. 
where we do the exact same thing we've done the last two weeks. We have my girlfriend Mallory Denae on because I don't have any other friends. No, he does not. I think this entire... I think he's... Is this even recording? Is this just a no. tin can? <laughs> yeah, no. I just like made a microphone out of a rolled up ball of tin foil. And I've been talking into it. Yeah, this isn't even about MMA. It's just a roundabout way to you like <laughs> Craigslisting people over here. <laughs> I am sitting in like a a soiled ro- robe. Ew, with like uh, it sounds like there's shit on it. <laughs> like cigarette holes in it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking too good. Uh, but no, people are listening. Like like seven people an episode. Is it your mom? Yeah. <laughs> she listens seven times a week. Um. No, but my mom should uh, should get her on here to interview her for this. You have to clean up first. I have to clean up? Yeah, before my mom comes over. Clean up the house? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> okay, I'll clean. Um, so yeah, this week, are you ready for our uh, fight me point of the week? I'm so ready. Yeah. Do you, do you give a fuck? I do give a fuck. I find it insulting every time you bring me on. Just like, this is a woman who doesn't give a fuck. I watch it with you. I probably watch it more than most of your friends. We've already established that I don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right. What's your fucking point? Um, that was just a silly one this week. Um, but it kind of got me thinking when I was watching the... Uh, UFC Fight Night 142 in uh, Australia. They were showcasing a lot of the Australian fighters. Um, they had like the guys coming out in like uh, like a kiwi um, <laughs> and a key, like a key, like in a bikini. kiwi, like a, <laughs> a giant bikini. They rolled it out or a giant whatever. Can you say kiwi? No, I can't. <laughs> Not more than once. Are you just being no. blatantly racist? <laughs> you know, ki- no kiwis are like the um, the tribal people. It sounds like you're saying it like it's a slur. It sounds it's like not you. That, that's what they're called. It sounds like you don't know. You're just like, oh, those uh, those kiwis. <laughs> they were in like Aboriginal. <laughs> that sounds even Do worse. You know what Aboriginal means? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of. What are they were dressed like? I think you think it means it's the like has to do with the actual abs, like like original abs. They, yeah, they originally <laughs> created hey. the six pack. <laughs> I'm Tony, and if you want to get original abs like me, the Aboriginal, of <laughs> <Yeah>. course. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the they, they had the walkouts were with guys and like. Uh, traditional Australian tribal like garb, and they did like a whole uh, okay, walkout dance thing. Yeah. yeah, it was it was weird and it was cool, and it's not something you see in the UFC ever. I think they made like a special um, decision to do it for these guys to kind of showcase uh, Australian culture and Kiwi culture and all that. Uh, and I'd like to see more shit like that in the UFC. I, I, there was. Um, a Reebok deal signed in the UFC. I don't know how long ago now, 
while ago, but a deal with Reebok where everybody has to wear Reebok gear when they're in the octagon uh, or when they're walking up to the octagon. They can't wear anything unique and shit like that. So, like... Wait, every single... All the fighters. Really? Every yeah. fighter for every it's gotta be, UFC fight has it's to be... the bland... They can't even wear special shorts if they want to. Really? Yes. Yeah, I guess Reebok has lots of different colors then because I've never noticed. Sort of. I've noticed most of them have the Reebok logo maybe somewhere, but I feel like some of the, the women I've seen in different stuff. Maybe in other uh, organizations. Like I know you like watching or uh, you like seeing what Pearl Gonzalez wears. She fights in Invicta and she wouldn't be able to wear that if she fought in the UFC. Or she oh, did find the UFC. That's fucking yeah. bullshit. I don't like that at all. Yeah, it's garbage. And uh, I think it's really the one thing, obviously, the UFC is uh, bounds above any other organization in mixed martial arts. But that's the one thing that other organizations can kind of pull ahead of them in if they don't catch up. And then have, that's having people come out in original stuff. And they make a few exceptions for it from time to time. The cowboy gets to wear his cowboy hat. Uh so you can wear accessories, though, or he Some, specifically gets to wear Yeah, them. you have to, like, appeal to them. Jesus. Like, um... I, I mean, I get uniforms. Other sports have uniforms. That's important, but it seems more like a... I feel like I'm going to ruin your your podcast if I no, start shit-talking to Reebok. <laughs> what do you mean? Is this about you, Reebok? You, you I'm think... a stylist. I'm making this entirely about fashion you, now. Do you think I have the potential for a Reebok sponsorship somewhere <laughs> down the line that you're stepping on right now? No, you can go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's obviously, it's not like a uniform. It'd be one thing that's like, all right, all fighters have to wear like this realm of colors and whatever. Yeah. It's obviously more of a sponsorship thing than a yeah, uniform thing. It's kind of a uniform thing. Like they all wear the same shit. It's all the same shorts for the most part. Um what was I gonna say? Yeah, it's it's all the same shit, but it's not like a uniform like I get it if it's a uniform for like a team sport, they all have to wear the same thing. But in not just uh, mixed martial arts, but any combat sport like boxing and kickboxing, like you're selling their personalities to an extent. Like it's not pro wrestling, but it's like there's a lot that they need to learn from pro wrestling. You know, they're selling these people's personalities. Right. Well, so that's they... why it's so bizarre. Like, because with Pearl Gonzalez, she wears the pearls. You're like, yeah, like it helps like you root for her. Yeah. And like McGregor gets to come out with like the flag and stuff. I guess flags well, they all come out quite with flags. the same. Yeah. Yeah, but, it, you know, like, what What would he be wearing? Yeah, well, and then uh, Magmadoff comes out with that r- ridiculous hat that just kind of looks like oh, he's, the, he's got big hair. The, like, Snuffleupagus hat? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we're probably being culturally insensitive. It's oh, yeah. yeah. You started it. <laughs> with the Kiwi talk. Right. Is this your point? Yeah, I think the UFC needs to get on it with allowing that sort of stuff. Uh, like the first um, Indian fighter the UFC's ever had, I think he eventually was able to get them to allow him to wear a turban to the cage. But like he had, he to, had fight. to fight for he it. Had to fight for That's that. bullshit. Yeah, no. And like, there's like, I don't know why they would uh, not welcome things like that because that's like a huge 
I don't want to call it a gimmick for him, but like that's a huge like part of his like that separates him from everybody else, and that's something they could make use to make him unique. And not only that, but like uh, sort of activate the Indian fan base. There's a huge fan base there, right? Yeah, no, I think there should absolutely be. Well, you haven't stated your point. Is it is it Reebok? Fucky Reebok and we want individuality or what? Yeah, you- I think the Reebok deal is shit, but basically what I'm saying is the UFC needs to uh, start allowing fighters to have like creative walkouts and, um, you know, unique unique outfits. And if they're not, if they're going to stay with the Reebok deal, then they at least need to let them like accessorize and not be so tight around what they can and can't wear out there. Right. Well, it just makes me think of like the office episode where it's casual Friday and then Meredith's basically wearing a tube top and no underwear. Like you give people a little bit of freedom with their uniform. They might go nuts or like they're spending a lot of time making sure that people aren't like in speedos and shit. I don't know. <laughs> Can I just say how amazed I am that you've been on here three times and this is the first time you've made an office reference? Oh, I would be more surprised that I haven't made a Seinfeld reference with a chart or two. We made an R. Kelly reference. <laughs> you don't watch R. Kelly videos constantly. I know, I'm saying I make appropriate <laughs> yeah, references. But you also make office references all the time. Well, what else would I make with UFC? <laughs> I don't know. Connection can I create there? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So it was a good reference though. So yeah, basically what I'm saying is they need to um have more free I've been saying it for a while, they need to have more quick finger in my hole. (laughs) (laughs) Explain Nope. (laughs) I'm not gonna explain that. The cigarette hole from his like doobie days in this gross robe. Oh the doobie days. Uh, uh, but no, I agree. You would create a larger, you'd, I'd create a larger like fan mentality. Cause not, there's obviously like people representing their country, but sometimes it's not as strong. Like, especially, I don't know. Some people are stronger with like their nationality than others. So like you can get a huge fan base, like with that, like with yeah. McGregor and Ireland, but that's have... not everybody. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. not only about nationality. I think, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge, I'm a personal stylist. I believe in style and individuality, and it's wanna, not about... Want to plug your business real quick? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it's not about being being fashionable or that there shouldn't be uniforms, but you would create, it creates a sense of people being stoked about you. Like, I get excited with Pearl Gonzalez and her <laughs> pearl <Yeah>. necklace. <laughs> I get, uh, you know, I I think that that it helps create solidarity amongst fans or excitement. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy that the I think the UFC had been um, on this path for so long to make themselves like a legitimate sport that people watch on like a a major network. They just signed a deal with like ESPN, so they're like mm. really on that. <laughs> I do have to track. I have to say I'm very impressed that Reebok landed this deal because I thought they were gone. Like all I think of when I think of Reebok is like nineties sneakers that are very platform in nature. Right. Yeah. Well, I think of the like Chuck Taylors too. Why? Isn't that Reebok? No. 
No? No. Like something else, but like... That's Converse. Yeah, those I don't are... know my sneakers, guys. <laughs> no, Con- Chuck Taylors and Converse are one and the same, but they were bought by a larger company. I don't think it's Relock. Yeah, I think we're we're out of our realm here. Yeah. Are you about to look it up? Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. We need to wait for that at home. No, just keep <laughs> talking. That's your job. Yeah. No empty airspace. Fill in the space. Uh, but yeah, obviously the Reebok deal sucks. People aren't allowed to have sponsors on their uh, clothes anymore. They can't have like sponsors in the cage. But they Ooh. used to get a lot of extra money from that. Oh, uh, oh, so you can't have a sponsor. No. You mean clothing-wise? Clothing-wise. Clothing well, no, no, no. Like, people used to just cover their shorts with different sponsors. There were, like, really? sponsors all over. But so now, that stopped with Reebok? Yeah, it stopped with Reebok. That's interesting. Mm, the UFC signed a deal, like, with Reebok saying that deal. they were going to be able to give the money to the fighters. But the, mon- the money the fighters make off that Reebok deal was nothing in compared to what some right. of the fighters could do. Dang, that's a, that's a really big point. Yeah. Because, yeah, you you make a lot of money as a... You can if you do right. it right. Some of them do, some of them don't. But, yeah, that's a huge pay difference if yeah. you can sport many... And that's one of the reasons a lot of fighters are having success in other organizations now. Right. Not, not just because the organizations pay them well, but because they can get that extra sponsorship money. I mean... I have to say, like, I think watching a fight, I don't want to see a fucking Coca-Cola thing on their shorts while I'm watching, you know? There was a funny thing happening for a while where one one of the big sponsors, I don't know if it was one of the big sponsors, but it was one I saw on a lot of people, was a website called Condom Depot. Shut up! (laughs) And I don't know if it was... That's my old nickname! (laughs) (laughs) That's what made me think of you. But no, a guy legitimately, I watched the whole fight with a guy who had the words <laughs> Condom Depot printed on his ass. Shut up. <laughs> right on his ass. Okay, now I can see why they're who got rid of it. Yeah, so the UFC, like, they didn't want that kind of shit. No, there. that's crazy. Yeah. Well, there's just so many different people that could sponsor you. Like, yeah. think of all the different names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I wish I said that's your mom's nickname. Well, you didn't. So. <laughs> well, what's the deal with the the girls wearing the monster things, though? What do you mean? So it's like Reebok and then... What girls? Oh, the ring girls? Yeah. Uh, monster is a sponsor of the UFC. Why is it not monster on the... Because, uh, like... Um, Reebok is, like, the official, like sporting gear sponsor i guess so like they they represent it on all of the like athletic gear mm-hmm. but not the not the bikinis. not the booby gear yeah <laughs> <laughs> now he's got a real problem with the ring girls i don't blowing, have a problem no with the ring girls blowing kisses because that's not their idea they don't no, want not. to blow the kisses <laughs> i feel like i feel like every now and then like with the ring girls, like they'll focus on a ring girl, like it's her time to blow a kiss, and like they always do blow a kiss. But then I want to see one time, like them focus on the ring girl and her just not blow a kiss. Yeah. And then they just don't <laughs> like take it off of. They just don't take it <laughs> off of her until she blows a kiss because yeah. that's like their con in their contract. Right. Like. And then they spend the the entirety of of the fight just focused on right. that one ring girl. That's what's weird about it 
is that they obviously had to sign some agreement saying you must do that every time. Right. Which is a, but you know, my I would rather see them like do a boob jiggle or a twerk than blowing yeah. a kiss. Like the little so finger, childish. finger into anything, the other anything thing. but blowing a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well we're getting off track, okay. but um, that's my point. Mallory agrees with me. Uh, if you think the Reebok deal is a good thing for the UFC, uh, or if you think they should can I picked a bad one this week because I think everybody's going to agree with me. I don't think anybody's going to disagree. No, there's always somebody who will disagree. Yeah. I'm just afraid that we're going to get like a knock on the door, like when Reebok's coming Reebok? to get you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Reebok would come to get me. <laughs> Yeah, you would you would sell out though if you were getting money from Reebok. You would wear only Reebok. Oh yeah, but the thing is, it's not good for the fighters. The fighters aren't making more money than they would. Mm -hmm. The UFC is, and that's yeah. I think there should just be a level of approval for like you can wear these things in these colors. That's fine. Like I know you're saying there should be some individualism but yeah, I, there should be still some uniform agreement that's fine it's still a professional sport yeah and if you were to have other sponsors which isn't going to happen but it would be like a, an approval process so it wouldn't be right condom depot on somebody's ass <laughs> yeah i mean I, I want like also i want like the the walkouts like with those uh like the tribal dance and all that shit. That was awesome. Do they have a limitation with their walkouts? Yeah. Yeah. I think they only really let them do this one to like showcase the Australian guys. To be fair, it also includes like a lot of show running though, because right. again, people could go a little ape shit with what yeah. they're doing. And then that leaves a lot of, risky right. factors well there was an organization called pride back in the day in japan that did like have a lot of like crazy antics people would do like dance numbers as they were walking to the cage yeah or like is it gonna be like 10 minutes or like right. you know somebody's like no 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 i like created this act Hold on. <laughs> right. there's you kind of a reason they're on. like you have a song just fucking come out right yeah well they could definitely do a lot more to draw people in so if you disagree with me, feel free to fight me about it. MMA, fight me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, until then, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, Holloway versus Ortega, and uh, maybe we'll have a new featherweight champ by then, and a first-ever women's 125 champ. Uh, so I'll talk to you next week. Uh, Mallory, as always, the lovely. I'm blowing a kiss. The lovely Mallory Danae. Ooh, I love this. Oh yeah, now I get the appeal now. Yeah, do you oh. like it? I caught it. Okay. I caught the kiss. Nope, I'm gonna blow. Oh, I caught that okay. one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. I've been Anthony Thedero. This is Fight Me. And remember, if you don't like me, or if you don't like it, you can fight me about it.